Turns out it's haunted. The podcast covering haunted locations and spooky stories. We're your hosts, Tracy and Laura. Hello, scaredy cats, and welcome back to another episode of Turns Out It's Haunted. Hello, scaredy cats. Welcome back. Real quick. Yeah, welcome back. I want to say, Tracy, mm. how cool was your chat with Alan Tiller? I had the best time, it, not in case, like, anybody couldn't tell. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe I missed it, but I'll get over that one day. <laughs> mm, I'm sure it will happen the other way around one at one point and you'll get to be with someone and I won't. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe I just might make it that way. <laughs> but I was going to say we might even, you know, we might get him back. Um, there's a few different branches of interest that he have that are, are relevant across our um, platforms so that could be cool to hear about his research with the witches and oh, that sort of thing can't um, wait. and even yeah his wife sounds really interesting as well mm. yeah lots I feel like we could he could just have his own podcast to be honest <laughs> oh no doubt as if he needs another thing to do but yeah he definitely could he's a very Turn, interesting guy turns out I'm a paranormal investigator yeah <laughs> Turns out I'm a ghost hunter. And historian. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I was super excited. We haven't put them on the socials, but Shannon, our resident witch, was sharing some photos that she had from when she visited the Tower of London. Mm-hmm. That was cool. So we might stick some of them up because I liked them very much. Yeah, I will post them. I'll post them today. Oh, in your spare time, in mm-hmm. between films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, that would be cool. I'd love that. Sometimes All I right. wish Siri would just be like an assistant so I could just say, hey, Siri, post these photos that Shannon sent me to the socials but turns out she's psychic and haunted. Yeah. And then she just Well, maybe it. we could even get Shannon to do it on Witch and Tag Haunted. I don't know. Yeah. All right. That'd be cool. Just anyway, for our listeners understanding speak. our... our... I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is as official as it gets. <laughs> We've just had our work meeting for the next month, so we'll be right now. <laughs> that was just our whip, our work in progress. Oh, nice. Love so it. I've got something fun today. I'm here for something fun today, Tracy. Mm-hmm. So I, there is a phenomena or a phenomenon that um, that involves messages from the dead coming through text message or phone call. And... Mm-hmm. There was actually the very first ghost call, which is what they called it back then, was when um, Mr. Bell, who invented the phone, apparently like back, I can't even remember when it was, but whenever he invented the phone back in whatever century that was, apparently um, there's actually records that they received a ghost call on the very first original phone. Wow. I know. I was like, wow, there's not much information on it, but they just talk about that. And I thought that's incredible because spirits have always been spirits. They've always been able to do what they do. It's just that our technology has finally caught up. And so we just created another channel, so to speak. Another toy. Yeah. Yeah. For them to be able to use. And they used it back then. Wow. Um, So they've been doing it. Spirits, the afterlife, the, the, the dead have been trying to contact us forever. And today I've decided to read out a few times a few stories that have been reported that have got a fair bit of, uh, let's just say, credential behind it um, in their recording. And I'm going to read some out today. Some of them are text messages, some of them are phone calls, and some of them are pretty damn freaky. Like, I'm thinking if that happened to me, I'm, I'm not sure. I think it would be really freaking cool. But it's um, it would make you feel a little bit like you were going crazy, which some of these people did feel that way. 
Would you know straight away that it wasn't from a person, like you being you, I mean, if it was a... I think I would. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. There are, you'll see um, or you'll hear in a second that there are some people who talk about, there are some quite consistent things that happen that are like uh, hallmarks of of this particular phenomena. Yeah. Okay. Um, so are you ready? I'm excited. Yes, I'm ready. Okay. So a family who buried their elderly grandma with her phone uh, and the reason why they buried her with her phone uh, was she died fairly young for a grandma. She was only 59 and she died of cancer. And apparently when she was alive, she was like a grandma who once she got a phone, she was like, this is the best thing since sliced bread and I'm going to text everybody. So she was an (laughs) avid texter and used to just text and text and text and text all of her grandkids and her kids. And they loved receiving it. So they thought that it was quite funny to send her, to, to bury her with her phone which, as you'll find out, is actually quite common. Uh, So her granddaughter, Sherry, uh, had been texting her deceased grandmother intermittently since her passing as a way to cope. And there's a quote from Sherry that says, obviously we know that Nan wasn't going to ever reply. It was just something we did as a comfort for ourselves because we know she loved to text. And I've heard plenty of people in my experience, like in person, where people still call and listen to people's voicemails and send them messages, and it's a very common thing. Mm. So one day Sherry sent her grandma her usual uh, message and she got a message back. (laughs) Oh, my God. And the message back said, I'm watching over you. You'll get through this. You'll be all right. So Sherry, just being what the fuck, Mm-hmm. Uh, I sent a text back asking, who is this? And another text came back saying, I'm watching over you and it's all going to get better. Just push through. Now, what's scarier is that the family had already contacted the mobile service provider for the grandmother and yeah. they assured them that the grandmother's number was disconnected uh, and it would never be used again. And so the number, like how the grandmother was able to do that is is kind of impossible considering her phone that she was buried with and had no service. Um, and but, no one else was using the number. Mm-hmm. So they just went on to chalk it down to that must have been grandma. And how did, yeah. How did what? How did she feel about it? Did did she, like, was she freaked out or was it actually comforting for her once she came to terms with all of that? In the end it was comforting but at first it freaked them out. She felt like yeah. someone was playing a trick and that's a yeah. common thing that we'll hear about as well where uh, people who have this experience, they feel they're really angry at first because they think that someone's playing a joke off their grief. Which yeah, it's just would not be funny. To- yeah, I mean that's a fair, fair call. Because mm. uh, wow. you're not going to immediately just go, "Oh my gosh, it's my grandmother contact me from the dead." That's like yeah. the last thing that you'll put it down to, and believe. Yeah, yeah. So, moving on to text two. <laughs> In one of the most chilling text conversations of all time, C. R. Jones sent his best friend Mario a message about making plans to go and see a movie that was going to be released in that September, and it was the movie It. As the text message goes on, some strange things start to happen. So this is coming from C.R. Jones. Yeah, I guess we'll just see who can drive that Friday whenever we meet up. We'll just play it by ear. His friend Mario replies, stop touching the thermostat. It's so cold in here. Mm. And I'm going to come back to something in a minute, but I want to finish reading the text. Mm -hmm. C.R. Jones, what? Mario, I'm so cold. C.R. Jones, what is this? What are you talking about? Mario, the thermostat, stop touching it. 
C.R. Jones, how could I possibly be touching your thermostat right now? Are you drunk or something? Why do you keep texting like that? (laughs) There was about a 20-minute pause there before he texts me back. Mario, so cold. C.R. Jones, you're starting to freak me out, mate. What is this about? And then C.R. Jones tries calling him, but he doesn't answer the phone. So then he texted again. Can you please answer your phone? Mario, where are the lights? C.R. Jones, dude, seriously, what the fuck are you talking about? Mario, it's so dark. I try calling him again, but nothing. Then I send him a text. Answer your fucking phone, fuck face. <laughs> Mario, I'm going to kill you if this is a joke. No, sorry, him. He sent it to Mario. I'm going to kill you if this is a joke. You're genuinely starting to freak me out. Then there was another long pause here before I finally, before C.R. Jones started texting him again. I sent him a text, Ma, which he must have called him for short for Mario. Mm. Are you still there? Dude, question, question, question mark. I try calling him again. Still nothing. Answer your fucking phone. Mario, in a series of texts that come through, it's so cold here. Next, so cold. Next, so cold. Next, so cold. C.R. Jones, please stop this. Mario, so cold. Mario, so cold. So the rest of his texts after this are just nothing but gibberish. He would send me a new one about every five minutes and continued to do so well into the night. I continually told him to stop whatever it was that he was doing and tried calling him several times more, but nothing was working. After a while, C.R. Jones put his phone on silent, figuring that Mario would get bored of this prank once he realised he wouldn't be getting a response. So the next day, um, C.R. Jones wakes up to hundreds of messages from his friend Mario. Most of them were just lines and lines of the same shit that he was texting me earlier, nothing but gibberish. Um, it was 112 messages and I sent wow. a text a little later, a little after waking up to see whether or not he was done with his bullshit. Yeah. After Mario failed to respond to the text, uh, CR received a visit from two police officers later that afternoon asking if, he'd, asking if he'd been in contact with his friend as he'd been missing since 4 p.m. the previous day. <coughs> Excuse me. So he, this is a quote from C.R. Jones again. I invited the police inside and I showed them my phone and they examined the text messages together for a very long time, whispering things back and forth to each other before finally turning to me. They told me that the timestamps on the messages didn't make any sense. I asked them what they were talking about and they said that Mario had left his phone behind whenever he had gone missing. There was no way that he could have sent those texts because he didn't have his phone with him. I felt my entire body stiffen and go cold. That's the end of that story. There was no mm. more. That was on a Reddit post that I found. Okay. And yeah. what's really interesting, and I'm going to put it up, I'll take a screenshot and I'll put it up onto the socials, but the when Spirit writes in text, they write uh, that it's spelled properly. And so mm. when he talks about the repeated messages coming through where he's talking about it being so cold, yeah. It's that the so is like um, a big S, little O, big O, little O, big O, big O, big O, big O, big O. It's like so, and then oh, okay. the cold is C, big O, two little O's, a big L, two D's, an S, an A. And so it starts to just get illegible um, and yeah. they just, it's like the communication starting to drop. Okay. Um, so that's pretty freaking freaky, that one. Like that. And Mario was dead. Mario went missing. And and that was the end of the Reddit post. There, I couldn't find a follow-up on what happened to Mario. I have no idea I what happened to Mario. I know. It's like, why would you do that and then not give us a, a follow-up, dude? It's like, fuck yeah. face, write a, write a follow-up. <laughs> Need some closure. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're not going to wow, get much closure so that's from the thing. Pardon? That that's the thing. That's like mm. your bullshit radar wasn't going off when you were reading that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Um, and it happens too many times for it to be something that uh, isn't real. And it happens yep. to the people that, like, the way that the people respond is exactly how a human res- would respond. You know, it's yep. um, it's very real. But do you, and, yeah. 
Do you think that that was like it was maybe Mario saying wherever he was it was cold and there's no lights? Well, that's what I wanted to know. Yeah. That he might be even dead and he's using his device to speak through his device, but we don't know. Yeah. It's just a mystery. Okay. So many questions. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So another Reddit post that I found from four years ago. Uh, I'm writing out of desperation. I need to vent this somewhere and I think this forum is the perfect spot. I used to work at one of the most popular funeral homes in my city, only about 15 minutes away from my house. It was kind of a morbid job, but at the time I was taking classes at the local college and it was the best I could have done at the time. Competitive pay and people are always dying, so we were always busy. (laughs) I didn't personally work with prepping the corpses for the funeral. I focused on working with the families of the deceased, on planning the appropriate services for their loved ones. I had been down where they held the bodies before on occasion. Sometimes I had to help the owners with certain monthly maintenance tasks down there. I had always been somewhat creeped out about working there, but nothing beats what happened there a few days before I quit the job. We had a mid-40s mother and father come in, teared up as they usually are. They were inquiring about having a service for their late son. Apparently, he had been in a nasty car accident on the highway. His name was Bobby, and he was 19 at the time of his passing. Hmm. Of course, with caring sympathy, I gave them a tour of the place and showed them our various products and services we offered. They liked our facility and selected the various types of things they wanted present at his funeral. We finalised everything and they left. The body was being transported over along with a few personal objects his parents wanted buried with him. This isn't an unusual thing. Many people do this with deceased loved ones. When everything arrived, it included a baseball cap, a sports team hoodie, and his cell phone turned off. How sad, I thought, this poor kid losing his life so early. I felt great sadness for him and his family. The funeral was planned in two days on a Saturday. I continued working my regular tasks for the rest of the day and went home. Exhausted when coming home, I threw my coat on the table and immediately headed up to the shower, hopped in, washed myself and dried off, finally putting on some PJs. This was my usual routine. I finally headed into my living room and turned on the TV, finally getting a chance to relax. A few hours go by and I begin dozing off a bit. Realising bedtime is coming, I turn the TV off and prepare to call it a night. My phone beeps, a text notification. Figuring it must be one of my friends or family, I unlocked my passcode and opened the message up. I was somewhat surprised this text came from a number not saved in my contacts list. Hello, in capital letters it read. A little weirded out, I responded, hey there, who is this? I began heading to my bedroom and shut the door, turned the TV on and got into bed. I usually would watch a bit of TV before falling asleep. My phone beeps again. In capitals, Bobby. It said. Bobby who, I asked. I hadn't ever known anyone by the name. All in capitals. You know who I am. You met my parents today. I got a bit dizzy as I read it, along with a rock settling in my stomach. There's no way this is that kid, I thought to myself. I responded, this isn't funny. What happened to him was horrible and no one should be joking around like this. The number responded, all in capitals, Shut your rotten mouth. You let them ruin my funeral. Ruin it. Exclamation marks times 20. It should have been you in the car accident, not me. You'll have an early grave too if it goes my way. At this point, I am flipping out and beginning to really get upset. I blocked the phone number and put my phone on the charger. How could I have ruined his funeral? I know. Oh my God. How could I have ruined his funeral? His parents made the calls on everything. Taking deep breaths to calm and relax myself, I tried to make a rational explanation for what was going on. I would talk to my boss in the morning about it. The next day came and I relayed the events of the prior night to my boss. He explained, it's got to be some idiot kid screwing with you. I wasn't so sure. I know kids were good with technology these days, but they couldn't be that good. There was only one way to check for sure. I waited until we closed at 8pm 
and I told my boss I needed to finish some paperwork and I would be sure to lock up when I leave. I heard his car pull out of the parking lot and I sat my paperwork down. I walked out of my office and headed for the basement. I opened the door and headed down the stairs into the embalming room. It always has this sour mothball-like stench in it and it hits your eyes and nose like a rotten onion. (laughs) I walked through the embalming room and made my way to the employee corridor and down to the room that held the corpses. This room had an entirely different smell, one truly blood-curdling. A stench of rotten eggs is the best I can describe it. Mm. Even though they embalmed the bodies, they still had this strange odour. I opened the door and walked in. The room is fairly large and it can hold up to 50 bodies at a time. I found the slot with his name and unlocked the hatch. Slowly pulling out the coffin, I unclipped the latches and slowly opened it. Oh, my God. There he laid, solemn and cold. Beside him laid the team hoodie, hat, and his cell phone. The expression on his face was lifeless and frowning. You could see his body had been damaged severely. Our team had put him together the best they could. They had put a wig over his regular hair. Apparently the backside of his head was broken open in the crash. They used this as a way of covering it. Along with that, there was a huge gash going from the left side of his forehead all the way down the right side of his neck. Of course, this was all covered with skin-coloured makeup and putty the best they could. I observed the items his family wanted him to be buried with and they were tucked to the left side of him. I noticed the cell phone was now on. I picked it up and tried to open it. It had been locked with a security passcode. I sat the phone on his lifeless chest and reached into my pocket for my phone. I pulled out my blocked list, unblocked the number, switched over to call mode and dialed the number. As my phone rang, the phone on this kid's chest began ringing and vibrating. I dropped Mm. my cell phone in shock. My hands began shaking as I took his phone and placed it back to the left side of his coffin. My body began to feel heavy and weird. I bent over and picked my phone up. I reached up and over quickly to seal his coffin, but before doing so, to my horror, I noticed the frown on his face had changed to an eerie grin. My body began to feel heavier and heavier as my legs began to shake in terror. I slammed the coffin shut and pushed it back into the storage holder. I ran to the door, shut the lights off and fell down into the hallway. I swear I heard a groaning noise coming from the storage room I had just left. I picked myself up and hastily made my way down the hallway and through the embalming room. I almost tripped on the first stair on the way up, but I made it back up the main level. Slamming the door behind me, I felt a bit better. I went into my office and grabbed my keys and the rest of my things and ran out of that place faster than I had ever before. I shut the entrance door and bolted it. I speed walked over to my car, got in and started it up. My phone begins vibrating and ringing. I reach into my pocket and to my absolute horror, it was coming from Bobby's number. It was actually calling me this time. My hands were shaking as I swiped answer on the screen. Hello? And in the most demonic, deep voice I have ever heard. Why don't you come back down here? Come down and see me again. Come now or I'll come for you. Immediately following with sinister laughter. I begin screaming, screw off. I don't know who you are and how you're doing this, but stop it. It answered, you know exactly who I am. Come back down and play with me. We can be best buds. I hung the phone up and tears ran down my face. I drove directly to my boss's house and beat down his door. Crying and shaking, I explained there was absolutely no way it could have been anyone else. I was the last to leave the funeral home. That phone was locked in his coffin in the basement. I resigned from my position immediately and never went back after the events of that night. I still receive texts and phone calls from the number, even after I blocked it. They continue. I just hope one day it stops. I now work at a boat rental business. No more dead guys for me. I'm not okay with that. (laughs) I'm not okay with even hearing that. I still have goosebumps everywhere. So do you think that that was actually Bobby's spirit or do you think it was more of a demonic entity coming through Bobby's spirit? 
You're getting clever, aren't you? You've been hanging around me too much. <laughs> I would like. It's only because I prefer it not to be Bobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I I am of the same. I think. Okay. And why would why would that happen? Like, why would something more darker want to do that? Because it can. Okay. No rhyme or reason, just because it's a nasty-ass spirit and there is some other spirit that's managed managed to work its way through? Correct. It would have gathered a lot of energy somehow, some way, and... If they're if they're a nasty piece of work as a human, they're a nasty piece of work as a spirit. Yeah, yeah. And if they know that a certain person can experience them and and hear them or feel them or see them or hear or whatever, then they're gonna do it. Yeah. So would that person, like the worker, the one that got creeped out, um, would they be inclined to visit someone? that has certain abilities to make them a bit more protected or to make them detach from them or in that case I would I would I would do certain things that people like me can do we don't do it very there often are things yeah, yeah there's things to that do. we can do protection mm-hmm. things yeah. yeah wow it's just yeah. insane on the membrane yeah I wonder like I feel like it was all very um real and true and I'm not denying his you know recount of all of this however I think there might be a little bit of an embellishment in there really I think that well not intentionally perhaps maybe just a little bit of um mind dizziness maybe just sort of seeing the perception of it yeah because our our mind can play really funny tricks on us when we're experiencing extreme stress and obviously when the phone rang and the coffin was open and that would have been an extreme moment of of what the fuck Uh, yeah and he might have just seen what he wanted to see it's possible in terms of the grin on the face the grin yep Mm. but i don't doubt that he's still experiencing those things because it can happen Dear Lord. Are you ready for another one? No. (laughs) Okay. In one striking case, a 19-year-old New Mexico college student was killed in a head-on collision after a big fight with her mum. The last text the mum received from her daughter said, Sorry, mum, forgive me. And it's spelt S-O-R-E-E. For sorry, uh-huh. mum, full stop, the number four, G-I-V, me. Incredibly, um, after an investigation into the crash, the text message was sent two hours after the teen was pronounced dead at the hospital. There is no possibility that someone else texted the mother as a cruel prank. Dr. Horn notes the phone was recovered from the wreck, smashed to bits and pieces and melted. Oh, right. The dear departed are not above sexting either. Researchers were startled to discover after the experience of a Minnesota man whose fiance died of a brain tumour six months previously, received a sexually explicit text from her phone. A fruity text from a dead person. Mm-hmm. So okay. at the time the spicy message was sent, the deceased woman's phone was in a kitchen drawer uncharged and the account had already been deactivated. The message invited him to join her in specific physical acts using (laughs) coded phrases such as let's play helicopter, which only the two of them understood. (laughs) Attached to the text was the blurry image of a nude figure that resembled the deceased fiancé. That's that's, a clever spirit who can attach photos, not just sext. (laughs) It's pretty clever. They obviously had a lot of chemistry, those two. And connection. Yeah. So I'm going to read a little bit about of what I found out about the um, the first time ever recorded 
um, of a phantom text or a ghost text. So the first known case of what is called, sorry, the first known case of what parapsychologists refer to technically as the phantom text messaging effect or PTME was in 2006. And since then, uh, the amount of people that claim to have had it happen to them is just bananas. And in some instances, um, a restless soul pours out a declaration of love or fires off a parting shot in the form of an insult, such as one text that was received that said, NVR, never, yep. LKED, liked, big U, a-hole. <laughs> never, like never liked you asshole, asshole. Um, <laughs> other texts that have been reported are a little bit more of the everyday type the mundane type such as don't forget to pick up the dry cleaning um some mm-hmm. horse racing tips and wow. also the location of certain documents oh so, gosh yeah they Isn't can be helpful mm-hmm. and mean and sexy <laughs> All of it, all of what people all can be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ready? <laughs> no. <laughs> Three years ago, yes. my mum passed away. We were very, very close and I miss her daily. Last Christmas evening, I went to bed and woke up to the phone ringing. I answered it and a voice that was very familiar to me said, hello there. It was my mum's voice. The line had a static noise and the sound cut in and out and I said, this can't be you, mum. You're dead. And she said, oh, come on now. She sounded a bit agitated and then we were cut off. My 16-year-old daughter was sleeping in the next room and also heard the phone ring that night, so I know I wasn't going crazy. And I know it was my mum's voice. She has a Norwegian accent. The voice was Norwegian. It was her. And so maybe the mum didn't know she was dead. I don't know. I reckon. I don't know. That's what, well, I read more into that story and they're just like, we're thinking maybe she just didn't know she was dead and we just don't know. Don't know. Um, But they want her to call back. They want her to call back so that they can ask her questions. And they can say, mom, you're dead. (laughs) Yeah. You're dead, mom. (laughs) Okay. So Mark Prebost had lived a good long life and had outlived most of his family and friends. Tragically, though, he had outlived many of his children too. And he reached mm. the ripe old age of 93. And at that age, he was diagnosed with pr- prostate cancer. And he just took it with a grain of salt. And he would often say he lived longer than he would ever have thought, but still he would miss his family. He especially loved and missed the parties. The elderly man was in so much pain and he was disease ravaged and it was very severe and constant pain. His elderly daughter and her children took care of him the best they could in his home, rotating the times they stayed with him until the cancer that had spread through his body finally took his life one cold October day. His elderly daughter was relieved since her dad had gone through so much pain in the last few days of his life and even though she didn't believe in an afterlife, she comforted herself with the fact that he was no longer suffering. His funeral didn't have many people there since he had few friends and relatives left alive and after the funeral, those who did attend went to the daughter's house for a memorial service. As the night went on, they kept getting phone calls with no one there. Finally, the daughter noticed the caller ID. The calls were coming from her dad's house and there was no one there. She had the keys. They received a few more calls during the night and she left the answering machine to pick them up. The next day, out of curiosity, she reviewed the final two phone calls that the machine had recorded. On the tape, in a very faint voice, she heard her father saying, It's okay, Margie. I'm here. And... Your mama is with me. All is good. Like so many EVPs, the speech is faint and hard to hear. But Marge was sure of what she heard. Her father was saying goodbye and letting her know that he still existed in some form. 
She felt happy knowing that he was safe and happy with his wife that he had loved and lost so long ago. That's sad. That's it's a sad, sad and one. it's beautiful, beautiful though. Yeah, it would be nice and for the daughter. It would be nice for the daughter. And do you think that's why he said that um, your mum is with me? Because I know you've talked about spirits aren't like that in the afterlife. It's only They only appear like that to us for our own benefit because that's how we know them and we remember them. But it's not like they're out there together doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so because it was the night of his funeral and he hadn't been gone for that long, he would still be in his transition, which he would still be with his loved ones in spirit. Because they come to greet him or get him and cross help you him over. cross over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even though they exist in their own entities beyond, they still have such a tie to one another, don't they? They do. They're fully yeah. aware of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Okay. So it did not look good for Lisa. As a teenager, she had gone through years of treatment and anguish of the chemotherapy and the leukemia had finally overwhelmed her body. She was in her last days of her very young life. Her father sat next to her bed, never leaving, holding her hand and wiping her brow as the sweat as she sweat while the final battle raged with her fragile body. Her mum had passed only a few years earlier in a horrific car crash. Poor dad. In those last yeah. days, her dad sat by, powerless, as Lisa cried out for her mum. He tried to comfort her, but it seemed that his presence, even though ever caring, was just not enough. As her dad sat with her on her last night with a nurse by her side, the phone rang. He left Lisa alone with the nurse for a few seconds to answer it, but on the other side there was a large amount of static. He thought for a second that that through the static he heard a woman's voice say something, but he couldn't really figure it out. After he turned the phone off, he checked the caller ID to see who it was that had called and the answer stopped him in his tracks. The phone number was that of his house from five years ago and the number had long been disconnected right after the death of his wife. He tried to call back but got the familiar woman's voice advising him that the number was indeed disconnected. Immediately he was called back into the room by the nurse. His daughter was passing. She died within a few minutes of this phone call, a phone call that he still believes was made by his long-deceased wife. And upon reflection, he's sure the faint words he heard through the static had said, she will be safe with me. Oh, my gosh. I just keep getting chills. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy, sad and beautiful and all of it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, here's a good one. So I just found out that one of my phone calls the other day was with a dead lady. I was at my (laughs) mum's house and I was calling a friend who lived nearby. She was at her cousin's house. So I looked up the number in the phone book. It was the only Owens in the phone book, so I knew it was my friend's cousin's number. I called and it didn't even ring, but an old lady answered and she said, Hello. I asked, Is Amelia there? Amelia is my friend, Jessica's cousin. The old lady said, No, dear. Amelia isn't here, sweetie. I should be expecting her any minute now. So I thought nothing of it and I hung up. I thought they left for a bit. And I knew Amelia lived with her mum at her grandparents' house. What I didn't know is what I found out when I when I talked to Jessica. Jessica said, Amelia's grandma is dead and we were there all day long. We were sitting right by the phone and it never rang. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if only she'd known that at the time, she could have said, who are you? <laughs> I feel like with all of these, I just kind of see, I just sit there scratching my head. Like it's just such a scratching head kind of situation. It's so confusing. It's so confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a couple more. Hi. Well, of course you do. <laughs> I'm searching for an answer of something that happened to me this morning. I have posted this in several other forums I have found on Google. I just need answers, please. Very quick backstory, I guess. I lost my sister this February to suicide. I put that in inverted commas because I still do not believe it was a suicide for the fact she left no explanation for anybody and more so didn't tell me anything before it. 
Being a year apart in age, her and I were extremely close. Now to the event this morning that has me extremely rattled and upset. I was asleep in my bed with my girlfriend when I was woken up by my phone ringing. It woke her up too. This is how I know it wasn't me dreaming. It was 3.37 a.m. I know this because when it rang, I looked at the screen to see what number was calling me and saw the time. It was a private number. Usually I will not answer private phone calls, but being half asleep and guessing it was probably a drunk friend ringing to be picked up from somewhere, <laughs> I answered. Oh, what a good I mate. Said, yeah. I said, hello, and all I could hear was this muffled kind of static sound. No one replied, so again I said, hello. And again, no response. So I thought it was probably just a prank call or some shit and was about to hang up when I heard my name get called, Paul. It was clear as day and sounded 100% like my sister. I kind of froze and started to panic, said her name a few times, pretty much pleading it to her. Then all I heard was, I'm sorry, I love you, please help me. The last bit is what has made me really upset and uneasy, the please help me. I asked where she was then. I heard a really, really loud screeching sound. Then it went back to the dial tone. When it hung up, I turned to my girlfriend. She said my face was pale white and she asked why. I was saying my sister's name and what was wrong and it's then that I had a complete meltdown and cried harder than I ever had before. I didn't go back to sleep. I just sat up with my phone in my hand waiting Today, even I took the day off work and I have just been sitting with my phone. Wow. Were there many responses? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't look at the responses. Oh, right. I want to know more. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, this is not fair. I have more questions. Did he get another phone call even, you know? Wow. It's, yeah. Um, but what did she need help with? Who knows? That would be so disturbing. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's pretty interesting, the, some of the different things, like the ones where it was a bit of closure is, yeah. is great, but the ones where you get messages that make you with more questions than answers Yeah, especially Um, after already going through something traumatic to begin with. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I just wanted to add a little quick something in there with that particular one because he talks about how um, he doesn't think it was suicide because of a couple of factors, just in case that triggered anyone as well um, or has made anyone think about it. Um. When people commit suicide, usually they will not tell anyone. No one will know, especially the people they love the most. They're the ones they're going to try and protect. So usually the ones that they're closest to would never know because they want to protect them. So that's just one little thing. Also, when spirits do come through that have committed suicide, they're fully aware of what they've done and they do carry a little bit of shame. But you're able to help them transmute that shame if, if you want, and, I mean, I'm not going to go through that on air, but there are okay. ways to help souls that have suicided or spirits that have suicided. So if, yeah, I suppose in hearing all of that, if it's triggered you or brought anything up for you, you can always DM us and we can, you know, speak a bit to that off the platform maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, I wanted to read out one more and for some reason I didn't have it on my sheet. So I'm trying to find the link that I had. Oh, okay. And it was actually a text message that, um, that was sent right before, it was a list of text messages that people had received right before their loved ones had died but didn't know they were going to die and how oh, it was wow. creepy and spooky how how almost like it was a premonition or some kind of um, random message that yep. now that they've passed, it's like, whoa. It's taken on a whole new meaning yep. now knowing, you know, with hindsight. Yeah. So there are also some, just a couple that I wanted to add in that 
are of the last texts that uh, people received before people died when they didn't know they were going to die. So not really prepared for it. So there's one where a daughter was uh, at work and she was finishing her shift and her dad came to pick her up, sent her a text Mm -hmm. saying, in the disabled parking, waiting for mm-hmm. you. And the daughter said, I'm on my way. And something happened and she got sidetracked. And then the dad sent a text saying, hurry up, I'm going to leave you. And then her dad died. I think it was like a heart attack or something quite sudden. Um, In the car? Yeah. While he was waiting mm-hmm. for the daughter? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's pretty incredible considering the last text she has, hurry up, I'm going to leave you. Yeah, and he did. That would be haunting. That would be so powerful. Oh, my God. And then another one which was really sad as well, uh, it's a young boy and on August 31st, 2019, he received a text message from his mother uh, who had given him up um, or handed him over to his grandparents because she had massive problems with drugs and alcohol and could not look after him. And he Mm. hadn't seen his mum for years and he was always bitter towards his mum. He had a lot of hatred and anger towards her. And then one day on that August 31st, 2019, he just received a random text with nothing else that's except we need to talk. And he said that he didn't reply straight away because he kind of needed to process it and needed to figure it out. And then he wrote back yes the day after and not long after he text reply, they got a phone call to say that his mum had been killed the day earlier. And he didn't, he didn't know it was from his mum? He knew the text was did, from his mum. He knew it was from He just needed uh-huh. some time to figure out whether he wanted to talk. Yeah, yeah. And he replied yes the next day but, but she'd been killed, late. yeah. Oh, wow. That poor boy. Too late. Too late. It's not his fault though. No, is it? but he would he would live with that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I wanna know, do any of our listeners have any any weird, spooky, creepy stories of your own experiences with tech? With texting or emails or phone? Because I know Spirit likes to play through technology with me. They, they've never rung me or sent me a text that I know of, but <laughs> they definitely do. They do come through the come through the, the airwaves for sure with us. Yeah, I, yeah. Get in touch. Has this ever happened to you? It's a weird sort of phenomena, isn't it? Like you were saying, it is, but it's there. And parapsychologists definitely are aware of it. They know about it. They like to talk to people about it so they can understand more about it. Because sometimes as a psychic medium, some people will describe how I work, and I'm not the only one, others too, that like we just have a a phone line to spirit. It's like we can just pick up the phone and talk to them on call. Direct line. Mm, Direct line. And we do. Yeah. I do have that, and it's really cool. Yeah. But it's not my phone ringing or a text message going. If that happened. actually your phone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If that happened. But I'm wondering whether or not it's because they've worked out that they, that humans will, will listen or will pay attention if they do it through the device. Yeah, more and more so really, Mm -hmm. you know. Interesting. Get in touch if mm-hmm. this has happened to you or a friend or someone that you know or a cool story. Feel yeah. free to share it. Write in and we can read it out. Yeah. And the other thing I thought about doing this, um, and we might do it again next week, is I thought that it would be really cool for people to play this on Halloween night to spook their friends or their kids or something or just to creep <laughs> yourself out a little bit to um, share spooky stories. So I was thinking next week we might do like um, – um, haunted stories or stories for the Halloween Halloween season yeah. to just mm-hmm. spooky stories, whether they're real or not, but just like spooky stories. A good one. <laughs> yeah, a good one. Yeah. A really spooky one. Ooh, Ooh. Very good. Can't say I'm overly keen for that, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed my sexting and my texting and all of the text, <laughs> <laughs> all of the phone calls. 
I liked it. Great topic. Thank you so much. That's a lot of information you've compiled there. Thank you. I had fun doing it. It was interesting. There was was some crazy ones there as well that I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to put that one in. But for those of you who are interested, Google it because there's heaps of them, especially when you get onto Reddit. Oh, my God, that place is like a a treasure (laughs) chest for all these kind of stuff. All right, scaredy cats. Go and have sweet dreams. Yeah. Bye. Got a spooky story you'd like us to share or a haunted location you'd like us to cover? Send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at turns out underscore it's haunted. We'd appreciate a follow, a share, a rating, a review, whatever floats your boat. Sleep well, my scaredy cats.